Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host in The Pain Cave and I'm super excited to be joined once again by our returning conquering hero from the other side of the pond, the Don Draper of Ultras, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express, the Jared Hazen to my Jared Kushner, Phil Vondra. Welcome back. Thank you, Jay. It is great to be back. I'm fresh off the airplane and raring to go back in the hood. Bears and rattlesnakes on the trails as opposed to the old rabbit. But uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Is that what you have? You have rabbits there? Yeah, they got rabbits and hedgehogs. Phil, before we get started tonight in the pain cave, did you know we are on Spotify? Wow, I did not know that. Yes. I mean, that makes my membership Spotify well worthwhile now. There you go. There you go. So now, in addition to finding us on all your usual podcast feeds, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, you can find us now on Spotify, America's favorite stream, or I guess the world's favorite streaming music and podcast service. Check us out there at the Pain Cave, or you can just download us straight from gunksrunner.com slash pain cave. Thanks to everyone for listening and for joining in. Phil is back for our semi-monthly this month in ultra running podcast, where we go over some of the recent results, news, happenings, rumors, and controversies in the ultra running and trail world. Before we get started, Phil, as always, what are we drinking tonight? Well, we are drinking a wonderful Hill Farmstead Nelson, uh, an Indian pale ale brewed with Nelson Sauvan hops. I am very, very excited to drink this, and uh, Hill Farmstead is one of my favorite breweries. Yeah, Hill Farmstead, and, uh, a tough one to get in yeah. our area for sure. We have to give a shout out to uh, Kirsten Quartz, our number Kirsten. one fan who uh, emailed me a few weeks ago and said, we do not drink enough beers from Maine, and technically, I guess this one's not from Maine. Uh, it's from uh, Hill Farmstead Breweries in northern Vermont, but she was kind enough to bring us a whole case of beer from uh, some smaller breweries and breweries I haven't even heard of in Maine and Burlington and a couple of different areas. So this is the first chance we've had to crack one of those open since that time. Kirsten, thank you so much. Yeah, great selection of beers. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to crawl out of this pain cave after these beers, but <laughs> I'll do my best. All right, let's crack this. Crack that baby open, man. So I've had a couple of Hill Farmsteads in the past, but not this one. And um, yeah, always always good. Yeah, they're amazing beers. Still usually the number one rated brewery in the country. I don't know Probably. if that's necessarily still the case, but... They are in my eyes. Wow, this is great color. <laughs> kind of cloudy. This looks great. All right. Cheers. Good Cheers. to be back here. <sighs> so good. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's really good. It's taking a little bit of the edge off the pain in the cave, you know? Ooh, that's like that's it. very good. Ooh. Thank you, Kirsten. Yeah, thanks for Loving that. that. Oh, that's an excellent, excellent, excellent start. Excellent. Yep. Brilliant. All right. So uh, it's been about a month, a little over a month, I guess, since we were last here. Our last episode, we did kind of a blowout preview of Western States 100, which I had a lot of fun with. And as always, we had a lot of fun following along with the happenings over in Squaw Valley. So... We have not been on the show since then, and of course, so much stuff happened there. A lot of great storylines, a lot of great performances, and we did before we wanted to move into the last several weeks of, of news. We wanted to do a quick recap on what happened there. And the first thing I have to say is come to me for all of your Western States prediction needs because I did give out on this podcast one, two, and three in the men's field in order. Jim Wamsley, Jared Hayes, and Tom Evans. You heard it here first, that folks. Is- Pretty good for a guy that's been doing the predictions for 15 years. You got four people right. Nice work. Yeah. Can you choose my lottery numbers for me? No, good stuff, Jay. You, uh, well, thank you. Thank you, you very much. I, I definitely had to brag a little bit on that one. Although the, the first two picks... No one noticed. <laughs> the first two picks... No, exactly. That's why nope, I had to bring I didn't it up. notice the brag. <laughs> the first two picks of uh, Jim and Jared were, were not exactly 
difficult. I think you had the same first two, and as did, did. I think the yeah. group think on Iron Far as well. Tom Evans, I was happy to pick out that third one. Yeah, uh, we both missed on Courtney and Lucy one and two for the women. Yeah, but not surprising there. I mean, again, those were kind of chalky picks. And my th- my number yeah. three pick, uh, Claire Gallagher, wound up winning overall. And your number three pick was Casey, who wound up in third. Three. So yeah. a, a good. Could- a good call for, from both of us. So what were some of the big storylines that kind of stuck out to you? Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll just throw a couple of them out there. Obviously, Jim and Jared going yeah, under Jim and Jared, the old both under the course, course record, record. And, I mean, and Jim just incredible. shattering his own year-old course yeah. record. Uh, the, the comeback of Casey in third place, I, I, I thought was one of the uh, slightly overlooked, but one of my favorite storylines yeah, of the weekend. Yeah, it's great. And she's had a little bit of an up and down, uh, you know, season. You know, so a little bit of injuries last year, mm-hmm. sort of getting back into form, very persistent, sticking mm-hmm. with it. Uh, a really, really nice person, just, you know, keep on grinding away and, you know, throws down a third place at States. I mean, it's great. It's I think the really thing that, that struck both of us going into the race this year was just following along with her on social media was how just fired up about being at States again she was. Whereas I felt like going in last year, not that she wasn't looking forward to it or, or, and you know, I don't know her at all, but this is just what I get from looking at the outside. She, I don't want to say seemed ambivalent about it, but, uh, you know, did not carry the same kind of joy and excitement into it that she did this year. And when I saw the kind of stuff that she was posting this year and just how grateful she was to be back and, and how excited she was to be there uh, at, the, at the start, it, it seemed like she was primed for a big day and she came through. Yeah, I mean, I feel like her mojo is back. You know, her state's mojo. I, I know what you mean about last year. It was mm-hmm. a little kind of, uh, didn't seem to have the same kind of focus. But right. this year, she really had the focus. You know, she wanted to do well. She'd had a good build up, um, you know, in the so, since the beginning of this year, even though, you know, last year wasn't great for her. But uh, yeah, a fantastic result. And I mean, obviously, the Claire Gallagher, Brittany Peterson situation was, was pretty amazing as well. I mean, yeah. Kind of, they were together at like ninety six miles, weren't they? Or something? Uh, at least ninety three or ninety four. Right. Yeah, after crossing Highway forty nine, I think they came into that aid station there at ninety four yeah. miles together. I think Claire had pulled away by the time they got to No Hands, which is ninety six and a half or so. Yeah. But it was it was really neck and neck there. Yeah, and uh, it sounded like just a fantastic battle. Yeah, and and Claire had an interesting build up. You know, I think she was uh, away on a kind of environmental kind of expedition. Yeah. Uh, with uh, the gear, I think she's sponsored by Patagonia, is she? It's one of her sponsors. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, yeah, they sent her off on some kind of environmental kind of research thing. And uh, a lot of that was just hiking around for two weeks. Uh, and that was, I think, four weeks out from states. So it's it, really yeah, impressive. It sounded like she went straight from like Alaska, basically, yeah. to, to Squaw Valley, like yeah. the week before the race. It was just a very unusual buildup, but it yeah. obviously worked for her. Yeah, I, I had reached out to her to try and see if I could get her on. Not so much to talk about states, although obviously I wanted mm. to, but, you know, she does all this environmental work and, and activism and... and um, What's the word I'm looking for? Advocacy. Thank you. That's there exactly you the word I was looking for. And, and that was really interesting. I wanted to talk to her about that and, and kind of how that plays into being, you know, her, her other profession as a, as a professional trail runner. So, yeah, with, with any luck, we can, we can get her on maybe. That but, yeah, great. fantastic performance and a little bit of a redemption for her after having to drop out a couple of years ago with an injury fairly late in the race, I think just past Highway 49 at that, yeah, at that point. Yeah, she was in the she 90s, was, wasn't she? Yeah, she yeah dropped, 93 yeah. miles or so, Crazy. somewhere around there. Yeah, great job. Any surprises for you that, that uh, I mean, I know we touched on so many people in the uh, kind of the buildup and, and the, the preview. Any big surprises there? 
Um, not really. I mean, kind of all the names are there. I mean, I guess Ian Sharman, maybe not in the top 10, was... Yeah, that was a little a bit little, of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. I mean... Still a great race, running 15th. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah a little surprising. Um, Amanda Basham, I guess, maybe not in the top 10. I thought she might be in there. Yeah, I had a, another category I wanted to go over for, like, just a little bit of letdowns or disappointments, and I had uh, her on that list. Um, in terms Marco, of maybe, I mean, yeah, in terms of uh, surprises, good surprises, uh, Matt Daniels, you know, I think we had talked right. about him as Absolutely a awesome. as a yeah. potential dark horse, yep. you know, given his speed and his background and his yeah. early season form. But, uh, you know, fourth overall, uh, after being up front, you know, in the top three, pretty much all day long, just a really great and debut 100, a fantastic performance. Yeah. And, for him. I mean, 1521 would have won you Western States plenty of occasions you know well this is really interesting because you know i went back and looked at some of these times i mean this is the first time we've had three people go i think we, the first time definitely we've had three people go under 15 hours i think it's the first right. time we've had two people go under 15 hours mm -hmm. and actually tom evans running 1459 for third place i think is only the the fifth or sixth person ever to go under 15 right. hours total yeah uh you know if you look back to Scott, you know, the great Scott Jurek, seven consecutive wins in the uh, late uh, 90s and early 2000s, or I guess, you no, know, just the early part of the, the 2000s, did set the course record, I think, in his fourth or fifth attempt at 1536. He right. was only the second person under 16 hours then. This is, we're talking barely 10 to 12 years ago. Yeah. And the fact that now, you know, to run 1520 and be fourth, it, that's almost unheard of. Tim yep. Olson, we think of the great Tim Olson, who set the course record, won twice in a row. His uh, course record was 1446 in 2012. He ran 1517 in 2013 right. and won in fairly dominant fashion. Yep. I mean, Killian was uh, 1534 when he won. Uh, Jeff Rose, you know, again, we yep. think that we, we remember that fantastic battle with Anton and Killian Amazing. in 2010, yeah. Yeah. 1507. So, I mean, a 1520 is a winning time you know, 80% oh, yeah. of the time out yep. there to be fourth now is really just unbelievable. And I mean, the, the times throughout the really the top 10 to 15 were, were just insane uh, on both the men's side. And, you know, obviously with, with two people under the previous course record, the women's side, you know, Claire second all time uh, and uh, yeah. Brittany, I think fourth all time with only um, Courtney from, from last year in between the two of them. And then obviously the course record yeah, from- from from way back in front of them. But yeah, just really, really crazy times. Um, the other surprise that, you know, was up there in the top 10 that neither of us mentioned in the preview was Stephen Kirsch, who came in seventh overall. Um, yeah. You know, a, definitely a talented runner who mm -hmm. I think was probably on our radar, but neither of us really had picked in the top 10. And that was a really impressive performance. Yeah, that was very, I mean, I think he has some good kind of base speed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe on a day when... It was a little cooler in other years that allowed mm -hmm. people with that good speed not to kind of go into a red zone, uh, you know, with the distance kind of accumulating on mm -hmm. them. So that was uh, that was definitely impressive. And it's just, I mean, it's becoming more and more of a of a, a track race almost. I mean, oh, you yeah. really you need that you need that turnover, you need that leg speed to be able to compete at yeah, this point. I mean, when we're talking about, you know, Jim is saying with an ideal year, somebody's going to go under fourteen hours, which would have been unthinkable just a few years ago. But crazy, right? Um, you know, it, it seems like. That I mean, sort of thing is around the still 18,000 feet of gain on this race. And, you know, some of it's at altitude, you know, and it can often be snowy at the start. I mean, right. this is fast, fast running. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple disappointing storylines. We touched a little bit on Charmin, who still ran a great race, yeah. uh, 15th overall, his 10th consecutive finish. It just, I think we both would have been happy 
uh, or it just would have been nice to have that symmetry of 10 consecutive top 10s, which he it was going for, which would have been, I, yeah. I mean, nine consecutive top 10s is, is insane. Yeah. And something that I think only people like, you know, Ann Trace and Scott mm-hmm. Jurek, Tim Tweetmeyer are the only kind of people who have done that sort of thing. And, yeah. and certainly not in an era where the field was as deeply competitive as it is now. Uh, so, you know, uh, still a great race from Charmin and, and does get his thousand mile buckle. Lucy Bartholomew, we touched on briefly, who was, you know, third last year in her debut 100. We had both had high hopes for her. And, and she was also uh, 15th for the women. Not a, a great day. Not terrible, but not a great day. A little bit of a disappointment there. We had talked a little bit about uh, Francesco Canepa mm-hmm. uh, from Italy, who was one of the pre-race favorites on the women's side and a former UTMB champ. And we had yeah. talked a little bit about, you know, what kind of crossover do Seeing we really expect would- there? And and right, seeing interesting whether or not she would uh, she would succeed, and and again, a, an okay day, you know, in the top twenty, but uh, well outside the top ten. I think uh, you know, still, uh, I think the point we made is valid that there these are very different animals. UTMB yep. and, and yeah, Western totally. states are very very different, and I, I, it it may take a different kind of runner to succeed in the two of them in the the two different things. Agreed. Yeah. And yeah, some some disappointing uh, DNFs uh, from people who didn't have their best day. Amanda Bash, and we mentioned Eo Wang, who we had both yeah. had high hopes for going yep. in, but still, you know, not quite figuring out this race in particular. Um, Eric Sensman, who we had both said, you know, talent to be in the top ten, but you know, yep. also could be a DNF, and, and certainly yeah. did. And yep. uh, I found it a little bit interesting that um, after the controversy at the Georgia Death Race, Morgan Elliott and Sean Pope, who were the two golden ticket winners, both DNF'd here. Yeah, so so a lot of, lot of sound and fury signifying nothing, yeah. perhaps. Kind of interesting. Some, some great names in the top 10 for the women also that we didn't already mention. Um, Beth Pascal from England, uh, fourth overall. Uh, good day for the yeah, Brits. Really good. Obviously. And she was, she was another one who, you know, I think we kind of knew a little bit about, but probably weren't expecting up among the real contenders like that. The other top 10 for the women, a lot of familiar names that I think none of us are surprised about. Uh, Camille Mayfield, Caitlin Gurman, Nicole Bitter, uh, Catherine Drew from Canada, Addie Bracey, and uh, Corinne Malcolm. Those are just mainstays of the sport. And, and uh, you know, you can shake, put those into a hat, shake them up, Absolutely, and, and yeah. come out I mean, in any order and be happy. Incredible field. I mean, like we said on the preview, I mean, just the depth of the field was just crazy. I mean, just such such a good uh, a good group of runners. Yep. And I, the the men's field, I, I was just looking back at the the finishers in the men's kind of five to fifteen range. Mm-hmm. It is just such a wealth of talent oh, that are just yeah. packed in there, and really saw some some great great performances. Love seeing Mark Hammond again. Yeah. Just, just running fantastic yeah. for fifth overall. You look at. I just I wrote down here eighth through fifteenth for the men. Let me just run through this for you: Patrick Regan, Jeff Browning, Kyle Piatari, uh, Ryan Sandy's former champ, Chris Mako, Chris Brown, following up on uh, top ten last year, Tyler Green, and Ian Sharman. That's eighth yeah. through fifteen. Insane, right? That's, I mean, that's what what a quality field! Freaking right there. unbelievable! Yeah, just unbelievable. Uh, yep. The amount of you know worldwide wins, top tens, you know, great hundred mile talent there. Just uh, fantastic stuff. So fun weekend as always i do have to ask phil what uh, this is not to to seem uh like like a jerk uh dan barger who i i met a couple years ago at the uh canyon meadow 50k out in in northern california he's a northern california guy super nice guy uh in his early 50s great great runner been around the scene forever and and again we we ran together briefly and, and spoke very briefly after the races. Very 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 nice guy. Why does Dan Barger keep getting into Western states? This guy has run 
every freaking year. And he's great. He, he's like 53 right. years old. He's running 20 hours, 21 hours. He's mm-hmm. in the top 30 to 40 every year. This year, 2106, 44th overall for a 50-some-year-old guy. That's fantastic impressive. running. Fantastic running. This dude's run nine of the last 11 Western states. Wow. Who, who does That's he know? impressive. It's very impressive. I guess he knows someone in in a high place somewhere. I mean, <laughs> or he's just very, very lucky in lotteries. He might be the luckiest man. I mean, I I assume he's got some sort of some sort of connection. I don't know. And and you know, when you when you're going for your ninth and tenth, I think you, you're you're automatically in. Right. You can bypass the lottery if you're going for your like your ten year buckle, or yeah. if you're a year away from that, going for your ninth. They, I think they still do that. But this was his twelfth finish. Dan right. Barger. Give me wow. your spot. Give up a spot, Dan Barger. Come on. Yeah, I mean, or we need to see some of the pictures he has on his phone of certain <laughs> things. I mean, who knows what information he has. <laughs> all right. The rest of us are desperately trying to get into this race, Dan. So uh, throw us all the bone here. Come on. 12 finishes is enough. Thanks. All right. Anything else from Western States? Uh, that's it, really. I mean, the only, the one thing, it was uh, Jediminas Grinius, mm-hmm. the Lithuanian. Now he's yes. going for the Grand Slam. Yeah, I thought we'd talk about him later when we hit on yeah, Vermont. We can but yeah, to that later. Yeah. Yes, uh, and and he's a he's a very accomplished runner who's been top ten at UTMB. And, and well, he's interesting because he's a he's quite a mountain guy. Yes, I mean, he exactly. likes the big mountain races. You know, he's done well at UTMB and other big mountain races. Yep. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see him coming in six. You know, a, a stout time there, fifteen forty three, um, and obviously you know went on to Vermont and uh, and won that. Uh, so that was impressive. But yeah, I thought sixth place there for a guy who's really, you know, he's probably the big mountain guy out of this this list of people. I think that's a pretty pretty stout finish. I think you're probably right. You'd have to put either him or Jeff as among like the top 10 as the yeah. guys who are most accomplished in like the big yeah. vert mountain type things. Yeah. And came out of Western States, the first leg of the Grand Slam, 37 yeah. minutes, I think, ahead of Ian's record pace yep. from 2013. And we'll touch a little bit more on the yeah. second leg of the slam uh, later on. Okay. All right. The big news from this past weekend, Phil, uh, from over in Europe, where a lot of the big news is coming from now, uh, Fulham 2, Blackburn Rovers nil. the opening weekend of the English football season. Break it down for us. Um, well, obviously, we're going to get promoted automatically. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good season. Uh, no, it's hard to say. It's, it's, too, it's too depressing to even think about. <laughs> there I was all G'd up on my happy beer, and now you depress me about my team. No, uh, that's we'll great. It's a good start. It's yeah. a good start for the, the, the Cottagers. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, in a battle of, I think, two relegated teams, because I think Blackburn was in the Premier League last year as well. well I mean... So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see uh, Fulham back to the Premier League by the end of next year. I had to bring it up because also uh, Newcastle nil, Arsenal won. Yeah, um, scraped one there, didn't you? Yeah, not that an impressive win one. whatsoever. But, you know, this could be the last weekend of the season that both of our teams win on the, on the same day. Well, so I'm we'll, hearing big we'll stuff about Arsenal, it. actually. People, people are saying they're a contender to win. Their odds have got slashed to like 20 to 1 now, which I'm like, seems no. a little aggressive to me. But anyway, no, they're going to be very, very lucky to be in the top four. I don't yeah. see them in the top four at all. They have, we have no defense. Yeah, they've got a bunch of young guys now, but we'll see. Yeah, it's it's going to be a problematic year. Especially, I mean, City, like 5 0. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Liverpool, is, four, Liverpool uh, it's, it's going to be a rough year. Okay, no, the, the big re- news from the Ultra World over this past weekend was. Uh, Sierra Zanal, where which oh, yeah. has become one of the highlights of the European sky racing calendar. Yep. And uh, really, I mean, we talk about amazing fields at some of these big events, but th- this is beyond anything we see in the States, really. Yeah, this is, this is crazy. I mean, this is some race. Yeah. 
So Killian with the win there, I think his seventh win of his career. Seven wins, yeah. That's an all. In a course record, beating uh, uh, the previous course record by, I think, four or five minutes. The second place finisher, also um, uh, Pietro Mamou from Eritrea, also under the previous course record, I believe. Uh, and that's a course record from Jonathan Wyatt, uh, one of the all-time mountain running greats, and yeah. that has stood since 2003. So 2003, obviously some yep. amazing running there. 229 was the previous record. Yep, yep. And uh, I think both of them going under that. Jim Wamsley in his first attempt there, going third overall in 231, uh, Very which, impressive, as he said, more of a scouting run for next year. Uh, I was listening to an, uh, an interesting interview with him after States, where he was kind of sketching out some plans right. for next year. I don't know yep. if you saw this, where... He's, uh, he's talking about Comrades mm-hmm. and Zanal and UTMB for 2020. Wow. That would be quite the year. That would be very impressive. I mean, I did hear him kind of saying he might not do states. That's that's kind of what he was implying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would be interesting. Well, the interesting thing, I think, is uh, not the interesting thing necessarily, but, you know, we, we kind of assume that, you know, you get this top 10 at states and you just have to ride that wave until yeah. it, it runs out. He's not really in that situation. That guy can run. He can get a golden ticket whenever he wants. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. certainly... You know, he doesn't need that automatic qualifier. So, uh, you know, for him to take a year off of States, uh, I mean, if, you know, you hate to see it as a fan, but if if that's the price we have to pay to get him in comrades, by all means, go for it, Jim. I can't wait to see that. The women's side of the podium at Ed Zanal, Maud Mathis from Switzerland, also running a course record there. Both the podiums, uh, I don't want to say in dispute, uh, both of the podiums marred a little bit by the doping histories of right. some of these athletes. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Petro Mamou from Eritrea, you know, a nine-month ban in 2017 after two positive EPO tests, yeah. I believe. And it was a two-year ban. Two-year ban reduced, reduced to nine months. To nine months. Um, and, uh, um, you know, so... A little well, sketchy, right? I mean, that, that does uh, definitely mar the second place a little bit, in my opinion. I, I, um, I, I, t- I tend to... I, look, there's a lot of things... There's a lot of facets and aspects of this whole kind of anti-doping scene or, or whatever it is. But uh, I, I, the, the further we go in this, the, the less and less tolerance I have. I mean, especially, I mean, two, two, two dings in one year. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. You should be done. You should be done. Definitely two. I mean, one, I guess there's a slim chance there's some kind of mistake, there's some kind of problem. But two, I don't know, that's starting to, to look a little sketchy to me. Yeah. Uh, Maud Mathis, as we said, the, the women's winner there, also a previous doping history, never uh, suspended, I guess, but sanctioned in the past for using Clomid, which is mm. a fertility drug, but also a performance enhancing uh, drug for using it in 2015, I think, without a TUE, a therapeutic use exemption. Right. What are your thoughts on TUEs, therapeutic use exemptions? Well, I mean... You know, I don't know a ton about them, but certainly from the cycling world, I feel that they're rife in cycling. Yes. You know, basically, when you show up to a team, you go and visit the doctor and they say, do you get out of breath walking up the stairs? And everyone (laughs) answers yes, because we all get out of breath walking up the stairs. And then you have an inhaler. Right. You know, I mean, I think these things, I mean, you need to have a serious medical condition to be able to use one of these things, I think. I mean, giving out, you know, inhalers like candy, I think it's a little, a little, uh, silly right i i i don't know look many many of these if not all of these medications have have legitimate medical applications but i i i kind of tend to draw a hard line i mean i i I think 
I don't know. I, I'm not in favor of the whole TUE thing. I think it's just too gray an area. It's too, yeah, like you say, it's it's just too rife for abuse. And and look, I, I mean, she supposedly inadvertently, not that she inadvertently took this medication. I guess she was le- at least claims to be, have being uh, under treatment legitimately for a fertility issue. Right. But look, if you're a professional athlete, you you have to know what's on the ban list, and you have to know that you need a, a TUE. And if you're if going you to don't, you have a team things. doctor. You have a you have some kind of doctor you can ask and say, "Hey, I want to take this." Is it you know? Right. As soon as you get prescribed it, you got to ask right. that question. This, I, you is, know, this I'm an is part athlete. of the, this is part of the responsibility of being a professional athlete. Yeah. And look, it sucks, but you yeah. fucked up. You, I mean, the fact that she got off with a warning or a sanction or whatever it was, and mm. and not a and not a, um, a suspension and that she's out there competing now and winning prize money in races. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it at all. Eli Sadescu also was top 10 in this race, a former uh, convicted doper from right. the World uh, Mountain Running Championships a few years mm-hmm. ago who has continued to, to podium and win races in Europe despite having served a two-year ban. I don't like that either. Again, I, I'm, I tend to be pretty low tolerance. Like, you had your shot. Get, yeah. get out. Well, especially for, I mean, you know, Mamu f- failing two tests. I mean, yeah. that's it's getting a little silly in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll start to see more races adopting the types of policies that Western states did a couple of years ago that, that we've seen uh, some of the, the big U.S. races kind of working towards because uh, it, it is, it's depressing to read it when, when you see people going over there and trying to compete clean and, and you yeah. know, and, and who, uh, look, we're assuming every, you know, all these other people are clean, who knows, and I don't want to, I don't want to cast aspersions on some people and not other people or whatever it is, but you know, positive tests are positive tests. This is not, yeah. you know, it's just not fair, really. So that that yeah. was a little bit of a damper on an so otherwise we say excellent weekend. Jim was second, basically. <laughs> I mean, he can he can certainly claim debut. that or think that anyway. Uh, incredibly deep fields, as we said, some yeah. some great performances on the men's side, but just showing us again or demonstrating how deep the field is when you have guys like Sage and Max, uh, Sage yeah. in eleventh, Max in seventeenth. I mean, former U.S. mountain running team members, Eric Blake in the 40s, Andy Wacker oh, yeah. in the 50s, Matt Daniels, who we just were singing his praises in the 80s. 70, oh, yeah. I mean, 80, it's, wow. uh, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a tough field. <laughs> and I mean, I think this course will tear you apart because people run fast on this thing. It looks like they're just redlining the whole yeah. way. It looks insane. Yeah, apparently Killian made up most of his time going uphill to break the record. You know, not his fast descending ability. Hammering uphill was where he, you know, really took a bite out of the record. That's crazy. Yeah. Because he is a great downhill runner as well. Yep, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, some, some great stuff over there. This, I think, part of the uh, Golden Trail series from Solomon. I, I'm getting a little bit of uh, series fatigue, I, I have to say. Yeah, I'm a little confused. I think we're going to have to draw some kind of diagram. Yeah, we need, right, we need like a flow chart. Or, I mean, we have, the gold, yeah. uh, we have the Golden Trail. We have the Ultra Trail World Tour. Yep. We have the Sky Running Series. We have the uh, World Mountain Running World Cup series, and and some of these I think there's overlap. Like the, I think oh, yeah. Zanal is is a Golden Trail and also a Sky Running. Yep. It is. So yeah. it, you know, it does get confusing. I, I, I'm I'm lost. Like yeah. who who is leading which series? What is it for? And it, it's uh, I mean it's cool that that you know they're they're having these associations and pulling these races together and and hopefully bringing some publicity in but uh it's it's exhausting i can't keep up it is yeah it's very hard to to figure out what's going on but it's great to see killian out there absolutely crushing yeah so what's next for him do we know i don't know actually i mean i would guess having done this you know it's probably 
I mean, I guess a two and a half hour effort. I mean, he could maybe be doing something at UTMB, one of those races, but I don't th- didn't see him on the start list for them. No, and I thought races. I heard something about Pikes Peak, maybe, but I'm not oh, sure. Oh wow! I mean, that would be wild. That's the next race in the Golden Trail series, whatever <laughs> some, one some of these kind series. Of series. It's the next race in some series, it is? anyway. Okay, could well, be anything, that's though, this but. weekend, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, so maybe it's a little soon for that's him. That's Sunday. Who knows? Who knows? That would be amazing. I'd love to see that. Yeah. And he has been, obviously, in the U.S. before a couple times, winning Speed Goat, or kind of winning Speed Goat once, and oh. <laughs> being over for states a couple times. Speaking of Speed Goat, as we dip yeah. back further into the last couple of weeks of ultra running, um, some decent performances there. A little bit of, uh, you know, some, some of the big names taking a pass on it this year, and I think a, a lot of the domestic runners are, are running a little bit more overseas in the July and early August yeah. uh, time frame as they're, as they're gearing up for either a Sky, sky Running Series or, or UTMB or one of those festival races. But Anime Flynn continuing just a fantastic season uh, with a narrow win over Taylor Allen, who's also yeah. been running very well there That's on the winning side for Speed Goat. And uh, uh, Michalina Sanseri, who was on the podium, I don't think, I think he was second at... Uh, uh, broken Arrow, and then came back and, and yep. won at Speed Goat. Second yeah, to, that's right. Um, he was. Second to Hayden Hawks, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff from him. Uh, we'll have to see what uh, he's kind of gearing up for. I know Hayden uh, was over and, and won at Tromso, I think. No, not Tromso. He was he won a, uh, sorry, he won in Iceland uh, just a couple weeks ago and is, right. is now in Europe preparing for UTMB as well. Cool. What else has been going on that caught your eye? Um, the Bad Water 135, I thought, was pretty cool mm-hmm. uh yoshiko ishikawa from japan mm-hmm. ran a, a 231 there and he won by a few hours i think and broke the course record uh 22 minutes ahead of uh pete kostelnik's yep. uh, record so he was flying and yes. i think second place was a polish lady i'm gonna absolutely butcher this name but go for patricia it patricia yep bereznikowska not bad not bad. Decent. Yeah. The um, uh, defending world 24-hour champion, right. former 24-hour world record holder, and I think the course record holder at Spartathlon as well. Right. Okay. Second um, overall. Second overall. Yeah. yeah. Very, very impressive. Yeah. In front of uh, Harvey Lewis, the former Badwater champ and 24-hour team member who was third overall. Some good performances there. And uh, Yoshihiko, I think, got engaged right at the he finish did. line. Yeah. Dropped down on one knee. I mean, I'd be dropping down for a different reason, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he went down on one knee and... Uh, proposed so that was pretty cool that's the way to do it as long as it works i mean hard to say no when you've just run 135 miles and you're in bits i mean so congratulations to them hopefully it all works out yeah (laughs) uh vermont was just a couple weeks ago the second leg of the grand slam as we said i'm not even going to try his name mr grinius winning there for the second leg of the grand slam giving back a few minutes to ian's course or a slam record pace from 2013, but on an incredibly difficult, no, just a few minutes. Yeah. An incredibly, incredibly difficult day. Oh, insanely hot. I mean, it was, I mean, I remember, you know, it was like 100 degrees that weekend. It was was crazy. Yep. Uh, Temperatures, uh, I think the highs in in Vermont were about 98 with uh, humidity, uh, the heat heat index getting into the 105 to 110 range. Yeah, 16 Uh, hours. I mean, 16 hours and one minute. I mean, that's really impressive. Rolling along. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, completely solo. Yeah. Um, so really great performance and still now uh, 32 minutes ahead of Sharman's record pace yep. with two events to go. The third event, obviously, this weekend at Leadville. Leadville. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. What else has been going on? Same weekend as Western States is the Lavaredo Trail Ultra, which is fast becoming one of the kind of big stops on the European circuit for some of the top Americans. 
Second year in a row, an American wins there. Tim Tollefson with a fantastic performance there, just just shy of Hayden Hawks' winning time from last yeah. year. That looks like a pretty amazing race, actually, I have to say. Yeah, that, that actually looks, looks pretty cool. I have to say, a lot of the pictures that I see from Europe, these races all just look insane. Like, yeah, everything really is like hand over foot. Yeah, uh, you just know. rugged mountains, super <laughs> high up, wild. amazing views. It's yeah, wild. It looks so cool. But Lavaredo actually looks like it's got some runnable stretches, at least. I don't know. Right. But that that looks that that must be a great scene over there. Tim Thompson is uh, he's tearing it up. This could be he the is. year at UTMB. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for uh, UTMB. It should be should be huge. Yeah, we may need to. Con- well, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we're gonna have time to do another podcast before UTMB to preview it, but. We'll do one after. Yeah. There's only so much that people can handle from us, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some great Americans, though. I mean, we talked about Tolson, obviously. Hayden Hawks is going to be there. He's been on fire all season. Uh, Zach Miller, supposedly, going to be there. Is Jim going? I don't think so. Right. Um, Who knows, though? Yeah, you never know. Dylan is rumored to be heading back since Hard Rock got canceled. Although I don't know if that's been confirmed. He's recovering his his shoulder. Wow. Yeah, that we'll be see. Very cool. And, uh, you know, we'll see what Europeans wind up making it into that field. Again, we had talked earlier about uh, Xavier and Francois and Killian were all right. in Hard Rock and, and not UTMB. And, and with the cancellation of that, we'll see who maybe winds up being added to the field there. Uh, what else has been going on that we wanted to talk about? Um, I like the look of the uh, Tromso Sky Race this year. Yeah. It's, uh, won by an Englishman, Jonathan Albion, and that's always, sorry, Albin, and that's always a, a good one. Yeah, he's a fantastic mountain runner. Yeah, so that looked incredible. And one our, of our local legends went yep. out there as well. Yeah. Mike Sudi. Yeah. Looked uh, like a kind of hand over fist type, uh, type a, running environment. So that's One of the hardest cool. things he's ever done, he said. Yeah. But yeah, it does I mean, look gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Fifty-seven k with fifteen thousand feet of uh, gain. Oh, that sounds very brutal. Three huge climbs. So. I mean, I mean that's just hiking, isn't it? Sounds like it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous. But I'd rather just go hiking. That just sounds unpleasant. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, Jonathan Albin has in these big mountain races is just on fire. And uh, Hillary Girardi, who was tearing up on the sky running scene last year, third for the women there. Yeah. And um, winner was uh, Johanna, Johanna Astrom, Swedish lady. Swedish, right. Yeah. I think her first sky race. Oh, wow. Broke the course record there, I think. And Brittany Peterson, um, fourth place. Yeah. At Tromso. And yeah. Continue her fantastic results. season there. Had to give a shout out to Ruperto Romero at Angeles Crest oh, just a couple yeah. weeks ago. 55 years old. Guys, right? I mean, that's impressive. 55 years old. I think this yeah. was his 10th finish or his 12th finish there, his second Ten win. Finish. Yeah. And apparently did not take over the lead until like mile 85. Wow. And winds up winning by like an hour and change. That's awesome. Unbelievable. Just, I mean, just strong, smart, yeah. you know, brilliant running. I heard a great interview with him a couple of years ago. He's a really interesting guy. Yeah, that sounds cool. And this is a very historical race. I mean, it's been going on for a long time, right? Oh, yeah. AC100. Like, it's one of the older ones in the country. I mean, yeah. it's, it's in the, like, the, uh, you know, Old Dominion, you know, kind of, like, early 80s. Right. You know, 79, 83, somewhere around there. Yeah. And one of the longstanding course records that, um, you know, Jim has actually talked a little bit about maybe going after. Right. Interesting. Uh, that, that would be, be cool. that would be fun to see. Dominic Grossman, who's won there a couple of times before, a local guy from Los Angeles in third. Good to yep. see him getting out. High Lonesome 100. Yeah, that race looks kind of cool. And I mean, it looks, um, I mean, the pictures I've seen of it, it just Gorgeous. looks so sparse up there. Just like beautiful mountains, yeah. just like 
you know, kind of jagged yeah. slopes. It looks it looks so cool. That that looks nice. Like that looks like runnable epic kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd love to do something like that. Silky Coaster, uh, if I'm saying that right, course record there. She she's a she's one who pops up every once in a while. Right. I love love when she's running well and her husband Ryan, uh, both really good runners. Uh, Mike Wolf second overall to uh, Luke J. Both running together for a while there. What else? Pikes Peak Ultra, Casey running a course record there in yeah. a 50 mile, a fairly new race, but uh, good to see that. Cat Bradley also under the old course record time, but over an hour back. Yeah, that, uh, that was good. Um, what else did we have? Oh, Fat Dog, the one that I went to last year was cancelled. Uh, at yeah. the time, the only thing I saw was Avery Collins won in like 25 hours and something. I'm not exactly sure. Results were still coming in, but uh, pretty good to see him back. Now, I think they were still on some sort of modified course. Yeah, Is that right? modified course. Yeah. Um, I think still fire damage from last year. So they uh, they changed it slightly. But I do know that they finish um, with a very tough climb. I actually did the climb. I can't remember the name of it, but it's such a hard way to finish. I mean, it's like, you know, 6,000 feet in the last 20 miles. I mean, it's absolutely brutal. That's the one that you guys ran up when, like the day after yeah, it was canceled, right? Yeah, we just did. Right? We just yeah. went up there. Frosty, Mount Frosty. Mount Frosty, right, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And the weather looked a little rough there. It looked, you know, a lot of low cloud. Uh, it looked like it was pretty cold. Mm. Uh, it looked like, you know, tough conditions. So, Well, I'm glad it's back on the calendar at least. Hopefully, Yeah, uh, that's great. I mean, hopefully they uh, don't have any more fire issues. Is that Avery's first? Oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. That's his first result of the year, really. I don't think yeah, we've seen I much Yeah, I think from. so. I haven't, haven't seen anything. Okay. Um, the Ute 100. Yeah. Trevor Fuchs yeah. winning that. Was uh, was impressive, and then uh, another one that I'm going to butcher. Uh, the women's winner was Melissa Osterzaweski. Okay, decent, sure, not, not bad. Trevor um, Fuchs after he won hurt earlier this year, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. So yep. 200 mile wins already this year, and, and uh, took out Carl Meltzer, pre- pre- preventing the Speed Goat from extending that streak again. Yeah. We'll see if he can get it in. Yeah, he was I think like three hours ahead of Carl. Yeah. So. So that's his second or third uh, podium without a win so far this year in 100. It's under a little pressure now, right? It's, it's only got a little I while feel he might be heading back to Pinhosi. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> He's got that penciled into his calendar. We'll send Brian there to... Send Brian down, see if, uh, if, if he can give him a shot. To ruin his streak. <laughs> yeah. uh, Eastern States was this past yeah. weekend. Uh, epically difficult, notoriously difficult yeah, course. like the weather cooperated a little bit. I think they had some pretty good weekend, weather, yeah. So that's yeah. good. And uh, showed in the course record for uh, Wesley Atkinson from Pennsylvania, 1823, yeah. course record by about two hours and, and winning by almost three hours. Uh, that's an astounding time on yeah, that course. Great. But yeah, that, that, that just seems to be just a suffer fest of epic proportions. Yeah. And normally it's another one where it's just super hot. You know, it's normally in, you know, 100 and something. Right. But this year, I think it was... Not cool, but like decent. No, like you know. the 80s probably. Yeah. And, and the the humidity, I think, broke a little bit yeah. this weekend, at yeah, least definitely. From, from around here. We're not too far away, a few hours. Um, it was more tolerable this weekend than it's been recently. So, yeah, um, yeah some de- some uh, solid running there. Uh, some good good performances on the women's side. Megan Burke with a nice uh, overall win and, and top 10 overall. Lee Connor, a, a very accomplished runner in second. And uh, Kathleen Kusick back in sixth. So yeah. some definite depth on the women's side yep. uh, at, at Eastern States. Tushers Mountains, 100K. Jason Schlarb setting a course record there in the 100K yeah, before amazing. heading over really to cool. finish his UTMB prep. Bethany Lewis with a win on the women's side. And I think... Hayden won the 50K there as well. So, you know, gearing up for UTMB, as we said before. The last thing I wanted to talk about, I think, unless you had anything else, was Vol State, which happened just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. 
I, I got a couple of things, but yeah, Vol State, 314 miles on the roads of uh, Tennessee, right? Yeah. One so of Laz's races. Another Laz creation that has just uh, seemingly taken off in the last couple of years. Yeah. It, it really feels like a lot of this, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say a lot of the popularity of these races is being driven by the Barclays phenomenon. I don't know if that's true, though. I mean, the... the I think this is kind of a different crowd. It, it you know, this is to, like a be. real Sufferfest crowd. You know, it's like grinding along the roads of Tennessee, 100 degrees, right. stepping over, you know, squash armadillo right. for six days at a time. And, I mean, the the backyard phenomenon, I think, has its own you know, reasons that it took off, obviously, with yep. with, with uh, Courtney and Johan last year mm-hmm. and Harvey and Guillaume the year before, and we've talked yeah. about kind of to death. Why Volstate is now taking off? Is it just kind of riding the coattails of those things? I have no idea, but all of a sudden it's becoming, you know, th- these are all races that five years ago had 30 people in them yeah. and now are selling out in minutes, um, yeah. if, if that. And I, I'm, I'm a, a little puzzled with Volstate as to why all of a sudden it's so amazingly popular. It's a very limited entry. I think there are 20 crude entrants allowed and then uh, 100, as they call them, screwed entrants. Right. Uh, so only 120 places. I mean, it is a little bit of a, sure. an unusual race, but, but it's still quite limited. I mean, three to five years ago, they had 40 people running this race. I mean, you didn't have yeah, 120 people. Sports growing. People are interested in testing their endurance, you know? Sure. And and I could see that at 50K and 50 miles and even 100 miles. I, I don't... And and this is not to say I don't see the appeal of this race. I, I do, but I I'm... I think you'd be really good at it, by the way. I, I might. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm, I'm unusual. I mean, most... Most people who are, you know, getting into the sport aren't into the backyard element or the 100 mile or the, the uh, I should say the 24 hour. Like, I love the idea of 24 hours on a track or on a one mile loop. Most people hate that idea. Yeah. And this is more along the lines of that. So w- why we suddenly are having an explosion of this admittedly fairly bizarre format mm. is a little bit beyond me. Um, you know, it's a great performances again, Greg Armstrong, the overall win. So impressive. As, yeah. as a, uh, as you said, a screwed or an uncrewed runner setting yeah. the uncrewed course record now has both the crewed and the uncrewed event yep. record. I think they're uh, both o- just over three days, three and a half days, something like that. And I believe he ran in sandals as, as he well. usually does. I yeah. think, uh, and he'll be at the, uh, world championships for 24 hours right. um, later this year. He was the one, I think he, he's got the last spot on the team mm-hmm. uh, that he secured at Desert Solstice last year. So we'll, we'll spill the beans now. You had actually applied for next year. Uh, for Vol State, I for did. For Vol State. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about what happened there because it, it turned well, into a little bit of a thing. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, I was there at the... Uh, Harry Potter Studios in London, looking at the night bus actually at the time, <laughs> communicating with you and uh, you know messing right, around I was the prox- night seeing for you, and uh, yeah, it looked like I got in. Um, so you know, there was some certain amount of dread and, and excitement. <laughs> the thought of running across Tennessee next July, um, but then it turns out that uh, ultra sign up there was some snafu with the entry process, and they'd entered 192 people instead of the allowed uh, 100. Uh, screwed or uncrewed runners. Right. So I thought I was in, but it uh, looks like I wasn't in. So I think now I'm on the wait list. Um, although Laz is putting on another race called um, Heart of the South. Okay. So a lot of people will go and do that, I think. Uh, and I'll remain on the wait list for Vol State. So we will see what happens. But uh, yeah, I was I was kind of excited and kind of terrified and not kind of sure what was going on. But now it looks like I'm on the wait list. So so I was, yeah, I was doing this for you, and I will say that within 
so as as soon as as registration opened up, which was you know one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that, ultra sign up was basically down. It was like right. every page was taking forty five seconds to a minute wow. and a half to load, and you know by the time I got through the first time, I got through you know all the screen. It took about four minutes to get through all the screens before you know I got like an error screen of this isn't right. going through, and I mm-hmm. started the process again. So that was about one o four. At that point, the crude entries were sold out. Right. Uh, and so what I started doing at that point was basically I opened like three windows at a time and was just trying to do Seeing all three all at the same time. And, and that's and probably what everyone was doing. Exactly. Was to exactly. And it took about 10 minutes of just refreshing all three windows and, and trying to work to my in. way through and, and kind of crashing out of it multiple times before, right. you know, supposedly you got in and you actually got a confirmation email, I yeah, think, saying I did, that you were yeah. in and then uh, everything went to hell about a, a day later. Yeah. So I, I guess this is going to have to go to lottery, just like everything else, or there to, uh, talk or that, to yeah. an application procedure like he had this year for for Biggs, yeah, or and or has as he does for Barclays. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I I just I found it amazing that this race, which again does not really have anything in common with with Barclays, or I guess somewhat with Biggs a little bit, but really has not had these kind of seminal performances that have, you know, captured the public's imagination that would, you know, drive this expected spike in interest that all of a sudden this thing is selling out in 10 minutes yeah, is, crazy. is bizarre. It's, yeah. it's really, really interesting. So hopefully he figures it out. I mean, you know, honestly, it seems like the people like yourself, there were probably 50 to 70 of you that, you know, wanted in and were told that you were in and then were not in. I mean, you should all be were, in. I think there were 92 people. Was it that many? That, that didn't... That I mean, that should be the field for next in. year. Like, you should get a spot yeah, next year. I'm not year. sure what will happen. Um, so, I think that what he did was he... Uh, so, his other race that he's going to do, um, the Heart of the South, or HOTS, as it's known. Um, I think he guaranteed... If, you, if you're if in that group of 92 and you wanted to get into Heart, um, Heart of the South, you were in. Okay. Um, otherwise, your option was just to stay on the wait list okay. for the last annual Vol State. Um, so I guess some people went into a heart of the South and some stayed on the wait list. So we'll see what happens. So what's there. the deal with that race? Um, I think it takes a slightly different route, finishes in the same place. It looks like it's going to be a bit harder. It looks like it's a little bit longer. Oh. Um, I didn't really read all the information. It was weird. I think a lot of the information gets posted on Facebook and Facebook does that thing where it just doesn't show you everything all the time. And it you know gives you different weird right. timelines and... I don't know. It's very hard to kind of figure out what's going on, but uh, you know, I'm going to stay on the wait list for Vol State, so we'll see what happens. I'm wondering what the what's the restriction, what's the limitation on Vol State. I think the thing with Vol State is that um, if you drop, you need to get picked up. So they only have a certain number of like, um, oh, I see. You know, kind of uh, support people, volunteers that can drive so back just, and forth, picking just a people up. Tracking just, issue, really? Yeah, like of. a tracking issue. When because there's no support, the there's no aid there's stations, no there's no road closures, no permitting issues. Nope. Oh, you'd think you could work your way around that. Yeah, I mean, just I'm not get, really sure. I mean, have, have more people probably, doing it. I don't know. Just uh, you know, the fact of getting people off the course if they, you know, if they want to finish, if they want to stop. I, I mean, I wonder if are we going to just like. Laz puts on the strolling gym, which is a big road race, uh, 40 mile road race in the spring. That's, you know, well known through the South as, as a, you know, kind of a top flight regional competition. Right. Um, but is, as far as I know, a fairly standard 40 mile road race. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this going to s- suddenly explode Probably. just because it's a Laz race? Like, is it, <laughs> is it just a cult of personality at this point? I don't even Could really be, understand. Yeah. 
You, I'll tell you the one that we don't talk about ever that I, that I find as intriguing as any of these is the, uh, what is it called? Uh, Run for the Ages? Do you know oh, that yeah, one? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's where there's a handicap based off your, your age, right? Yeah, it's a timed race, and yeah. you have as many hours as you are years old. Right. So I would get 43 hours. You would right. get 51 hours, yeah. and, uh, you know, whoever runs more wins. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's usually I'm going. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like a 56-year-old woman who wins or something. Right. It's, it's it's very that sounds cool. Sounds cool. Anyway. Uh all right. Well, do you have anything else for us Phil or are we uh um, are we caught up do you think? I think we're pretty much caught up. One last thing to say. Never summer 100k Sabrina Stanley winning that one. That does look like a really cool race in Colorado as well. So mm-hmm. That was that was good. Nice to see Sabrina Stanley back in action. Couldn't defend her title at Hard Rock, which yeah. is a shame. Yep. But her um, second win of the year also, was she, she won hurt earlier this year, if I remember correctly. She did. That's yep. correct. And the men's winner at Never Summer 100K was Haynes Gehring and broke the course record by 40 seconds. Oh, tight. Yeah, so a tight one. I don't so, know. Uh, that, that looks like a cool race as well, I have to say. Okay. Probably technical if Sabrina's winning. I think so. It looks like it. And it's high up, I think, this race. I think it's, you know, averages 10, 11,000 feet. Oh, it's, wow. It's high. I did have a look at it um, at the uh, the website, and it does seem like it's a pretty high up race. Well, I'm sure she so, was uh, preparing for Hard Rock, yeah, obviously. Yeah, she was probably with, in really, so. really good uh, good shape for that one. And obviously, uh, Avery as well, getting ready for Fat Dog. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yep. well, Very good to cool. see her back on the podium, too. Yep. Uh, it'll be an interesting vote for... Uh, ultra run of the year as it always is we got a couple people with multiple decent wins and yeah you know we'll see what happens at utmb of course and you know hopefully we get a uh a north face championships this year and oh wow yeah that'd be see, great see some fireworks at the end of the season we will be back in a couple of weeks probably we'll recap utmb and ccc tds everything going on over there and we'll look forward to the fall sounds good to me all right amazing Thank you, Phil, for joining me tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. The years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky and wild wonder man. And ride the bus and feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there. I was still young. I was still young. I was still